Okay, um, hey guys, and welcome back to the Natty scene and the Eminem update. This is AJ, Morris, and Vicky on the other end. Um, as usual, our two prime guests of this podcast. Uh, sorry for the sorry for the delay, guys. On this, it's been a long time. Obviously, I was in the US. We did do one podcast whilst I was in the US, but then obviously time permits and uh, the the eight hour time difference made it a little bit hard for me and Vicky to hook up for another one. But we've still been doing our thing. We've still been training. We've still been tracking our macros and of course putting in every single ounce of effort that we need to do to reach our goals. But we just haven't updated you guys. So I know, back. rude, right? So yeah. rude. So rude. Yeah. And me and AJ have not had our morning coffee once yeah. a week, which we are doing now, having a yeah, coffee I'm, with my babe. I'm shoveling in an entire cafetiere at the moment. Absolutely. So. This is my second one from the cafetiere, so yeah. it's yeah. all good. It's, it's a all must good. for the AM. Um, but yeah, um, we're all good, and we're going to give you, obviously, a brief update into our past couple of weeks, because it has been about two weeks, if not three, since the last one, I think. Yeah, I think it was three. Um, so we're going to give you guys a little bit of a brief update. Uh, we're going to let you know where we're at with our things, and then we're going to get into a topic on rest day calories. Uh, this has been something that's come up quite frequently at the moment, and Vicky got asked this uh, through her Instagram and sort of talking about us going on the podcast, and she's also had a few consults recently where people have discussed the matter, um, and yeah, it's, it's something that I really like talking about in terms of you know, what I've done in the past, because I've played about with these things. And the reality is we, we play about with different nutritional approaches and we find out that potentially some things aren't optimal and some things could be made better. And and that's that's what that's how you learn. You make little mistakes along the way. Um, so we're going to share our thoughts on rest day calories as well as our update. So Vicky, how have the last like two and a half, three weeks been for you? What's been going on? Uh, give the listeners a bit of an update. Cool beans. So I am going to be completely open and honest about everything, right, over these last few weeks, because I'm going to be honest, the last few weeks have been fairly stressful, to be honest. Okay. Not not with training, not with macros, not with calories, not with food. Um, my mentality towards food now is so much better. And okay, I'm eating so much more and I'm enjoying my foods and everybody can always see from my Instagram footage that the majority of my meals every single day are realistically the same and that's not because I'm on a meal plan at all it's just because I enjoy those yeah um and I use different flavorings and different spices and herbs and things like that so none of my meals are the same you know um but they are the same and Mm. it's actually helped me get my bloating under control um people were stating yeah no yeah so excited I'm no No more IFBB pro gut that's it you know everyone was saying dude you started on the gear no 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 it's not because I have a barrel gut it's because of the fact that I just get bloated um and we kind of pinpointed that it was the amount of protein that I was taking in so we drastically reduced my protein and obviously took those calories and put them into carbohydrates Mm. now because of that I'm really really good at metabolizing carbohydrates and I feel so much better on carbs and I'm not good on fats anything over and above about 50 grams of fat and I can really start to lay down body fat very 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 quickly yeah and I just don't use it as an energy sub energy substrate either so um the fact is it's like yes I had very good protein turnover at the time however what's the point in expanding that energy and using it for protein turnover when I can actually get it much easier from carbs so and the money as well like oh bloody expensive right yeah to, to buy that amount of protein and then just not use it it seems a ridiculous yeah. waste yeah 
That's it. So unless mm. you've got a sponsor like the Meat Man, there you go, Jack Thorburn. <laughs> God, um, we always absolutely yeah. bury Jack Thorburn on this podcast. That's it. We love you, Jack. Um, yeah, but yeah, unless you've, unless you've got a um, a sponsor like that, it is hella expensive to obviously get a good dose of quality protein in as well. So all of the bloating has gone down, which is great. I've now got visible abs every morning. Weight is realistically sticking on the same weight. So um, I'm averaging about 112.5 pounds, which is nice. Um, so I'm about 10 pounds above my stage weight now. Um, and I'm very comfortable with that. My strength lifts are going very, very well. Um, people know that I do powerlifting and strongman training as well um, twice weekly. Yeah. Um, and that I have to say, um, even though it's tiring and it's very, very hard hitting on my CNS, um, the density that that has improved in my overall look, I think, combined with the bodybuilding um, sessions that I do have really kind of improved my overall aesthetic look because just recently I've started to notice that I look thicker. Um, and I don't know whether it is just by doing things like heavy five by fives or three by threes and that kind of thing. Sure. Um, but you know, if it's, if it's working and it's making me more dense, then hell, why not? Do you notice it in clothing at all? Like, do you notice like sort of certain t-shirts, you filling out the back of the t-shirt more or like in hoodies, do you feel like, because me at the moment as the biggest thing for me is I feel full like the majority of the day whereas when I was when I was dieting regardless of the day I'd always feel relatively flat so like hoodies would hang off me and t-shirts would hang off me like I'm not I'm not filling out my t-shirts because if anyone knows me and my hoodies I wear ridiculously baggy crap you know and I think so do you don't you I think you like baggy stuff um but so I, I'm never going to fill them out because not even IFBB pros fill out my clothes. <laughs> um, so, but I I feel like I feel the frame of like clothing better. So like now I'm wearing like an extra large t-shirt and my shoulders have popped to them. So it makes me look like I actually train in like that t-shirt as opposed to look like I, you know, I've just run like a 10K before I came to the gym to do some Low curls. Power. You know, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, do you notice it in clothing at all? Is like, has any clothing started to feel like a bit more filled out or anything like that? Yeah, well, actually, it's funny because you know I live in gym clothes. Like you, I wear baggy stuff as well because I like being comfortable. Mm. Um, and that actually does probably still stem from um, my body dysmorphia past, where it was just like I don't want to show people my body and that kind of thing. And I, I don't have that at the moment. You know, I actually feel really comfortable with the way that I look, and I like the way that I look. Amazing. So I'm not saying that you know I've still got or I'm completely cured from body dysmorphia or anything like that. And that's the reason why I, I wear body clothes or don't wear baggy clothes it's just the simple fact that I enjoy wearing them um and I that is my job you know I work in them and that's the kind of thing but what I did notice I went out for dinner um if people didn't notice I I did a conference with Brad Schoenfeld a couple of weeks ago and I went out for dinner and we were going to this nice fancy place Uh, so I thought right well I'll have to look a little bit more girly so I'll look some girly and I wore a halter neck top now 
you all know that I have boobs, so I didn't realize that I actually had boobs at yeah. this point. So I wore a nice halter net top and a pair of jeans, which are high-waisted and stuff, and just caught myself in the mirror, and my doubts looked massive. Yeah, you look sick. I know, right? And I was like, holy shit, maybe I should wear stuff like this more often because it actually makes me look like I lift. Um, so, yeah, so that was quite funny. So I did notice it. In more revealing clothes, I notice it. Um, and I am certainly filling out my T-shirts a little bit more and, and things things like that and just normal t-shirts that I wear on a daily daily basis I wear would, would you say you're more confident in your physique at this body weight than you are when you're at sort of like stage competitive levels and which do you think you like more do you like do you like the grainy really contest shredded look in terms of like looking at yourself in the mirror or do you like the sort of more fuller little bit fuller like more like strength aesthetic kind of look which do you prefer and like where do you feel more comfortable in terms of looking at yourself not obviously feeling it more comfortable yeah feeling it yeah yeah good question actually um well it's funny because I was looking through some old photos uh where I was a couple of days out from show and things like that right when I was completely shredded uh just because people asked to see them because you can look at stage shots and you can think, yeah, I look sick and I want to look like that all year round and that kind of thing. Mm. But actually, if you look at pictures when you're in your own home, in your own lighting, when you're just in a pair of underpants yeah. and you've got no tan on and things like that, Jesus, I look like shit. And you look at that now and you think, yeah, I look great on stage, but it's all an illusion. You know, you pop, you twist, you you tense, you know, you, you don't walk around like that. And yeah, my delts looked massive, but you know, I had saggy skin and my backside was extremely saggy. It wasn't full and it wasn't rounded. I do still have some issues with my, my derriere because I obviously want to get that bigger and plumper and fuller and higher and lifted. Mm. Um, but that takes, you know, it takes time. So, and I'm aware of that, but right now I feel like I'm filling out my jeans a little bit more. I'm filling out my clothes a little bit more. When I was walking around almost stage ready, even four or five weeks out, everything was hanging off me and my face looked bad. And I think it's all relative, but the fact is, is that you put up with that body image because of the goal that you're trying to achieve. Yeah. You know that that's not gonna be a long-term goal. At this Mm. body weight now, my body physique at the minute, I think everything correlates to it being a more positive aesthetic look because of the simple fact that one, I feel strong and that's mm. a big thing for me. I love feeling strong. Yeah, me too, um, me too, me too. Yeah, exactly. And it doesn't even have to be powerlifting or strongman strong. I just love feeling strong where you don't have that draggy feeling behind you all the time. Yeah, I totally relate, yeah. Yeah, so, and then, so when you feel good and then when you're filling your clothes out a bit more and your husband compliments you and kind of says, you know, you're looking really good in those leggings today. It's like, okay, well, that's an automatic pick-me-up. Um, so I do prefer in an off-season a more athletic, more thicker look because you just look healthier do you know what i mean and i i'm a big advocate of health and i think health should be a priority especially in sports like this not just for mentality reasons but for actual physical health reasons yeah so by looking at yourself and thinking that you look healthy i think that's a a positive all around yeah i i I really do think we're both at a point where we're at that really cool stage of getting out of a prep where you've kind of started to reposition body fat in a good way. So your physique looks a little bit better. Um, you're, you're not holding body fat in weird areas. Although I still kind of am a little bit, and I'm sure that you still kind of are a little bit. Um, Where are you so holding yours? In places that it just really shouldn't be. 
my, my, your like, left testicle. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, like my abs is the most significant. Um, mm. And mate, like I had, I had abs from like two, three weeks into prep. Like as soon as I lost the initial glycogen weight, like my abs were wicked. And my abs actually, it's really weird. They're a body part that as I lose fullness throughout a diet, they they get worse and worse and worse. Mm. Do you remember like a few shots of me before the BNBF Midlands where you were like, you look really dry. There was a shot of me hitting like an abs and thigh. Mm. And it was the week of that peak week where I did like the sort of the higher fat kind of thing and yeah, lower yeah. carbohydrate. I looked, I looked back at some of those photos, man. And like, I looked ridiculous in my midsection. My midsection yeah. was unreal. And my midsection was never like that later on in the prep. It, 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 to get my lower body in and to get like, you know, striated quads, to get my glutes in, to get my hamstrings in, I had to like fade away my upper body a little bit. My upper body lost a lot of pop. So now what I've got is until my upper body starts to fill out, which it slowly is, like yesterday I was actually really happy with how I looked after training. Mm. Um until i get to that point i'm just trying to regain the tissue that is lost off my upper body i'm still trying to regain that regain that regain that because i have way more tissue on my upper body than i do at the moment um that uh, that i did like even when i did one of my first shows so it's like a weird combination of looks in terms of the body fat question it's like there's hardly any gone on my quads and they were a really yeah. stubborn body part like yeah i still flex my quads and it's striated like on both sides from top to bottom and i'm still looking at myself like why are you still striated like that's not that doesn't make sense because i hit like another shot i'll hit like a side tricep and it looks like fucking garbage because my midsection's gathered a load of body fat well not a load but you know a yeah, good yeah. amount of body fat but yeah. the way i look at it is like i know this process and i've seen it on clients before even clients that do like cuts to get not even contest lean it doesn't come on in the same places it goes different places and then it redisperses the the thing that you've got to be and this is a big topic for the podcast as well is like the thing you've got to be really patient with when regaining back body weight is you've got to appreciate that it will eventually go into the right places and disperse mm. nicely and your look will eventually become a look that you really like because I can confidently say that even at 182 pounds, which is a good 25 pounds above where I am now, I was actually really confident with that look. I really, I really liked the way that I looked at 180 pounds. Um, and even like, yeah, day to day, I was fine. I was fine with looking like that. I mean, yeah, I was a bit fluffy, but every session that I get into the gym, like you said, you know, you feel super strong. You get under a squat bar, even on an off day where you're not been absolutely bang on with everything, you can still squat a shit ton of weight, you yeah. know? Whereas when you're <clears throat> lean, you know, you, you have an off day and you go under the bar. And like, even now, if I didn't nail my nutrition or my sleep, I'd still be in a position where it might not be a good session. And that's mm. frustrating, like, you know, to, to have that sort of, anxious feeling as to whether it's going to be a good day or not um so I, I i'm looking forward to just pushing up even more and being in a position where 
body fat's really dispersed and I know that every session I'm just going to be in, crush it, get out, eat, do it again kind of thing. Um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I mean, sort of transferring into a little bit of an update on me. I'm I'm very mm. similar. I'm very similar to you in the sense that, you know, I'm I'm now in a place with food where I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not food focused. I still, I, I, but I'm still very much similar to you, and I think you'll agree. I'm still hungry. Like, oh god, I yeah. Eat more, yeah, for sure. Which is great, I think, because mm. there's been so many off seasons where I've been on even less food than I am now, and my appetite's just gone. Um, Callum, who was on the podcast, uh, Callum Racetrick, CR Physique on Instagram, put up a great thing on his story about sort of like, um, your appetite is your off season tool. Like you don't want to waste it. I think that's a, that was really good. That's really good. I think being patient when you make food increases is the, is a really good tool to maximize your off season appetite because you should have an appetite, like your ability to add tissue uh, you know the the metabolic processes that come with adding tissue is you're gonna have to probably eat a, a potentially uncomfortable amount of food at some point we have both been in phases where we've pushed our body weight up to a point where we are actually like shoveling in food at, at a rate that's getting to the point where it's a little bit arduous you know i know mm. the the end the, before you started prep last time you were getting on a lot of food and it was a lot oh yeah um, it was a lot and, and i was fat i was over fat yeah yeah you could look back at that and think that but again you probably did add a decent amount of tissue in that phase you know you can always mm. you can always look back and say you know i i i look back and think you know was i a little bit too far gone and i sometimes think yeah i was but then i sometimes think well it was a huge difference in my physique from 2015 to, to 20, uh, 2017. It's a huge difference. Yeah, completely. You know, the stage weight wasn't massively different, but the look was like, I grew hamstrings, I grew yeah. glutes, you know, and you look at some of the best naturals out there and like a lot of them do push up like quite a bit. And then you almost look at like the naturals that don't push up enough and it's quite, there's, there, there are a correlation there. Like most of them don't make enough progress when they Do don't push think, up enough. Yeah, I completely agree as well. Do you think then in relation to accumulating body fat, do you think that that's correlated to your appetite as well? Because I found that once I got to the point where I added too much body fat and all I was adding was body fat, that's when my appetite wavered. Yeah, I think, I think when you get to the point and you're spending a prolonged period of time with essentially force feeding i mm. think you're too far gone yeah um I, th I think that would be a big sign for most and if, if, if you're not having external things like a lot of life stresses or poor sleep or digestion issues things like that if you're not having any of them like everything else is perfect and you're having really really big issues with appetite i, th I think you're probably either a pussy or you're too far gone um because I've seen that like with Jack as well. When Jack got to the point where he was too far pushed up, his appetite was ridiculously shit, really yeah. bad. And yeah. he he seemed to comment as well. Um, this is Piad, Jack Piad, by the way. But a lot of you probably follow him on the podcast because his socials are, are kicking off at the moment. They're going really well. Um, he he got to the point where he actually started saying that he actually really felt bad after he ate. So. Everything he ate, he just felt like it wasn't digesting. 
he felt that it made made him more fatigued. Like he'd eat a meal and he'd just feel really awful. Mm. I remember like that. I remember feeling like that. So I'd I'd eat anything and I just felt really grim. Um, so I think that's that that's the point where you need to start reassessing things. I mean, you know, I'm at a point now where. I love everything I eat, and I'm sure that you, you're, I know you're the exact, the exact same as this. Love everything I eat. I can consume like five to six servings of fruit and veg a day easily. It, I yeah. can eat more fruit and veg. Um, I think a big sign is where you start like absolutely minimizing your meals. So you can't like fit in veg without feeling too full. You can't fit in, like, veg should help digestion. Veg should help you feel good and help meals digest and and, and obviously give you micronutrient profile as well. So, yeah, it's an interesting topic, but it's funny, Jeff Nippard covered it as well on um, Steve's podcast the other day about sort of, like, he's he's learned that pushing his body weight up a little bit more in off-seasons has not only given him a, a bigger-looking clothing, but also just allowed him to reach new levels of strength and potentially hypertrophy as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so, guys, yeah, don't don't be afraid to 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 get up there. Just just be patient with it. Just be patient with it. You know, it didn't. I didn't go from like stage weight to one into the one eighties in like you know three months. You know, it took yeah. the best, <laughs> took the best part of a year to get up there. Um, and I see that happening again in terms of it taking a good. Yeah, a good eight months. Um, I plan not to do many mini cuts either. I don't really want to come back unless I really have to. Um, mm. I just want to slowly, you know, keep momentum and keep trickling up. That's the goal. Um, but other than that, like my training's going well. Good. Hitting, hitting lots of, lots of PRs. You know, compound movements feeling good. No sort of issues with stability or or leverages or anything like that anymore you know everything feels really nice um I'm very did you feel did you feel when you got back from the states that you were a little bit demotivated going back to your hometown gym after you'd gone to like the most epic gyms ever in the world yeah yeah massively but you did yeah I, I was just crushing myself in golds um you know and all the all the gyms any gym that had like um that had like a lot of equipment um, I just like absolutely raided everything and, and did, did a lot of work. So I came back and initially deloaded and I'm absolutely really, really like the most, most sore that I've, I've been in a long time and my volumes, the lowest it's been in a long time. And this is, this just shows how much you resensitize to a stimulus when you take a deload. So I, I took, I did for my deload week, I did an upper work, two upper workouts, two lower workouts. And I also took two consecutive rest days. And then I got back into training and immediately contractions were better. Um, My motivation to train shot through the roof. And I, for the first time, like everything started to feel like it was responding in terms of creating like soreness and DOMS. So like I haven't had decent back DOMS in a while, which was leading me to think that I was starting to come a little bit sensitized to the volume that I was doing. Yeah. So I thought, okay, right, we'll see how it goes after the deload and see if that does the trick. And wow, my back is in bits after a session that actually for me, comparative to some weeks, was relatively low volume. Um, but just, again, I'm just referring back to now 
a, a split that will really help me just gain as much strength as possible. So fairly low volume, but making the most of every work set that I do. And that's the way that I love to train when I've got bundles of energy. Sure. Um, it's hard to summon up that kind of energy when you're dieting to do like two really hard work sets. So when I'm dieting, I tend to favor a little bit more volume, but a slight bit lower intensity, um, purely so I can actually accrue enough volume without just trashing my CNS every session. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, mm. So yeah, I'm 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 just in a good place, enjoying everything at the moment with regards to training and nutrition. Um, but I'll be sure to be honest, like throughout this this phase. So if I if I ever get to a point where I'm like I don't like food anymore, I'll be honest. Yeah. I'll say it. Um, and if my training ever starts to suck, I'll be honest with that as well. But you know, at the moment, everything's going well. It's like sunshine and rainbows with regards to training and nutrition, which is great. You know, I couldn't ask for more on that front. Kind of nice, kind of nice. So, yeah. okay, so let's get on to the topic then, especially because of the simple fact that you said you've had two consecutive rest days, which to us in the bodybuilding world is like, holy shit, you rested for two days? Man, it was lost hard, games. actually, yeah. The hard, yeah. the hard mental side of that was difficult. <clears throat> so what did you do with your nutrition then um, on your particular rest days? Because you did go through a phase of having higher fats and lesser carbs on a rest mm. day, didn't you? Mm. So first off, let's speak about that phase of what you were doing at that point and how you felt. Yeah, so I did this in prep and also a little bit in my this off-season. So just sort of bringing carbohydrates down to essentially just one meal. It would be my last meal where I'd, put, like, I'd just have my usual oats in the evening. And then the rest of the day would be made up of meals of a veg sauce, um, a protein sauce, usually about 25 grams worth of a decent quality protein. Um, and then about 20 grams of fat per meal and then just eating quite frequently throughout the day. Um, so it would end up being lower calorie, higher fat, lower carbohydrate. What I found is that if if I was to do that day before a training day, so on a rest day and then that immediately followed a training day the day after, my performance would be greatly hampered. It would, it would be reduced. My pump would be poorer. Um, my contractions would be worse. Um, my ability to sort of gather enough energy for for the session would be would be poor as well. It would tend to be this this the situation would be if I had three work sets, the first one or two would be okay or great, and the third, if I had four, there was no chance it would just drop off. My ability to maintain performance throughout the session would also drop off. So I remember you saying to me last week, you know, you you hit your and it made me think about your carbohydrates. Um, you said, you know, after my OHP and my bench press and all my compound moves on this push on this upper day, the rest of the session really felt tough. And that's almost a sign that you're sort of working through your initial energy stores quite fast. And then you've not got much umph, you know, for the rest mm. of the session. So, yeah, I found doing that and the day after it would definitely hamper performance. Uh, in terms of my physique... It was crazy because I'd, 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 I'd see it. I'd lose a lot of the water weight that was gained by the high-carbohydrate diet that I'm having at the moment. So even even my face, like I'd feel it come off my face during the day. It was really odd. So like yeah. drinking water, flushing through glycogen, I'd feel like my face would have less blow from carbohydrates, um, which is kind of a nice thing. Um, but is it nice? Like... Nah, like I'd rather be strong and have like a fluffy face than 
eats protein and fat just to reduce my face volume and my see my abs a bit more for a day like fuck that um so those are the things i noticed and so i sort of i faded out doing that and in 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 a replacement of that if I was to take two consecutive rest days again, like um, like in a deload week, I do drop my calories a little bit. Um, so I do increase my fats a little bit and drop my carbohydrates a little bit, but not to the extent that I had done in the past. So I think what I did was my usual calories at the moment are like 3.6 to 3.7. Um, and I dropped them back to roughly 3.2. Um, on mo- on those two consecutive days so that's okay. to basically equate to the the idea that I'm actually not training at all um, and I'm on my steps are the same um, so my steps at the moment tend to fall between 10 and 12,000 uh, so they're significantly reduced since where they were they were sort of at 20k at their peak then sort of 18k then 15k and then went back up to 20k whilst I was traveling. So I ate more and then back down to 10k. So um, yeah, that's what I did. And, and I found that my first session on the Monday was great. Like I got a great pump and I got into the gym and got after it. And and I had a lot of stored glycogen. So I just felt like those sessions were great. And I think more people shouldn't be afraid of having a rest day and eating. Because your sessions after that rest day are fucking sick because Mm -hmm. you're fueled like don't see your rest day as an opportunity to like just oh how can i like minimize weight gain on this day like don't worry about that you're gonna you're gonna get back into the gym either the next day or the day after and train your balls off like yeah and that will create an environment to utilize that food you know as long as long as you don't go ahead and sort of binge or anything like that then you know you'll be fine um the other thing that I sort of found like the 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 lower, lower carb days is that I did find I'd get to that last meal and I'd have way more food focus for that meal so that was something mm. I didn't really want. Uh so I just thought like no, I don't I don't really want that in an off season. I'd I don't really want to be looking forward to, like to a meal at the end of the day massively. You know, I like my food, but I don't really want to like just think about a meal all day. Like nah, it just doesn't do any good for work or anything like that. Sure, sure. Um, so my general advice is that if this this is the way that I look at it, if you're training five or six days a week, have linear macros. Mm. And just have linear macros. So don't and unless you're using those rest days in a diet to increase the deficit, you could potentially look at doing that. Um but even during a deficit, I do see you utilizing your rest days as recovery days. So sleep more eat the same foods just if you have like a bigger post-workout meal just spread that meal out so potentially eat more frequently and just eat in regular portions throughout the day because there's no need for you to eat like a bolus of carbohydrates a high bolus amount in one go like you would for like a post-training meal to potentially increase the insulin response etc and and when eat when you're hungriest etc that kind of thing sure and sure. um, so spread your meals out over the course of the day eat the sim eat your similar macro ratios um if you do want to utilize those days as potentially social days you could potentially look at having a day where you do just hit your caloric total um so instead of having you know if you're on like a high carbohydrate lower lower fat mass or 
gaining phase like me and Vicky are, where I'm sort of higher carbohydrates, lower fat. If you want to eat out, have a burger with your family, etc. You know, um, I I definitely want to at some point, like um, with my dad, I want to go out and spend some time with my dad and have meals out with my dad. My dad's not, I don't think he's a huge fan of sushi, so I don't think I can force him to have sushi every time we eat out. Um, <laughs> he's more a fan of a good burger. So if I want to take my dad for a good burger and hit my calories and just go over my fats and come under my carbs a little bit on one of those days, cool, be it, yeah. be it that way, you know? Um, so if you want to use those days as a bit more of a, a social event, that's cool. Uh, and if anything, you know, your demands for carbohydrates are probably a bit lower because you aren't training, but you're still trying to recover. Mm. Um, and something that I do want to try in future preps is actually situating higher days. So like a, a, you know, a typical refeed, actually situating them on off days as opposed to the hard training days and trying to really utilize those off days as maximum recovery. So like a, a bit of maybe a bit of a lion, a little bit, you know, an extra hour of sleep, more food and getting yourself ready for the training day. Um, that's really hard to do, though. So I, I'm not surprised if people will struggle to do that because I struggled to do that. Um, sure. I got told to do that by, you know, people. I remember reaching out to Nunes, who was doing it on his off days. And I was like... I was like, you know, what's the rationale behind doing this? And he was like, you know, rest up, we recover, you, you have productive weight training sessions um, in the days following. And I was like, fuck, like, eh. I find it really hard just to sit and eat, like, a lot of food in a day and not train. Um, it's hard mentally, but the rewards in the gym when you go in and crush your sessions are, like, twofold. And that's going to progress your physique more than trying to force yourself to go through like a a really arduous day of low carb high fat to to try try and eke some benefits out of it um one more thing because i'm blabbing a lot i know but one more thing blood glucose levels some people think that uh the the obviously the off day macros are potentially going to have some benefits on insulin sensitivity fasted blood glucose levels etc my fasted blood glucose, I've been measuring it fairly consistently, has been really pretty damn low. And I do a lot of things that are potentially against what you would do to manage it. So I have an abundance of carbohydrates literally before I go to bed, which for some people who are trying to manage blood glucose levels, they say, no, like you need to have a, like a protein and fat meal before you go to bed. Um so I, 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 but I also do train fairly late in the day. So my pre-bed meal is also my post, post-workout meal. So it, it, I could say that the demand for that glycogen or carbohydrate is, is still there. Um, so, and also I don't, you know, I don't do that. I haven't done the, the, the off day macros in a, in a long time. I've just been eating carbohydrates on my rest days and my, Fasted blood glucose is, is fine, you know, it's, it's, it's mm. always it's always within the four to five range upon waking, um, which we could get into a podcast on at some point, but I do need to educate my myself more on that topic before I start talking about it. 
um sure. callum's really we uh, I had a podcast with callum where we talked about it and callum's pretty knowledgeable on that stuff yeah. i mean to be perfectly me. from from a nursing point of view obviously i know a lot about, about uh, i know a little bit about um blood glucose levels and insulin sensitivity and things like that because you've got to learn it by being a nurse okay um cool. so from a nursing point of view your blood glucose levels or fasting blood glucose levels should not actually play an integral part of your daily living unless you are a diabetic. Yeah, yeah, I do, so, I do agree with that. That's what most people said to me when I put it on my story. They were like, you know, you don't need to worry about this, to be honest, AJ. Unless, no. Unless you get like a really high reading, you need to go to a doctor and you've got diabetes kind of thing. Um, exactly, exactly. But, I mean, most guys and girls who especially are um, doing heavy lifting, they have got... You know that is going to in, in going to alter your insulin sensitivity and your fasting blood glucose levels anyway because sure. of the simple fact that you are depleting yourself. Sure. Now the amount of of um, depletion that does go on throughout a session is not that big. No. So yeah. I think you mentioned it as well not so long ago about on your story about you know do you actually need this big bolus of carbohydrates post workout you know because of the 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 replenishing of glycogen that you've depleted? Well, no, you don't. No. No, the fact really is, don't. no, you don't. I mean, there was a big study that went on um i forget who actually did it but they did it in cyclists and they actually wanted to see how much um depletion was going on in their quad muscle um after like this huge um experiment of like sprints and spin and you know um like a marathon almost like the tour de france winners and things like that right they eat tour de france people eat they, oh my they eat God, like seven to eight k a day yeah, exactly right. But they they did this big study on cyclists, and they did sprints, and they did it long term marathons, and they did it short term, and they did hit, and they did lift, and various other bits, and all of it correlated. And they even did it with leg extensions, and obviously the leg press, and that kind of thing. So they hit lots of different angles, sure. and every single time, the depletion was something like two percent. You know, so it really, really was not good. So unless you are in a charity event where you've got to be lifting weights for 24 hours don't worry so much about muscle glycogen depletion you're not depleting it that much i've i've heard somewhere on a podcast like um and people were talking about this with regards to like peak week and things like that apparently like the 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 most depletion you'll get is from something like hit training in yeah. terms of the glyco the glycogen response with it being quite glycolytic i think is the term um, yeah. or glycogen demanding that that sort of bout of exercise where you are doing intervals um so yeah i think you know you, you don't need to stress about having this giant bolus of carbs like the reason why i personally like a decently high carbohydrate meal post training is because i'm i'm just really hungry at that point yeah. in the day you know, it's I'm something really, to look forward to as well right it is yeah and you almost feel like you know after the session you've you've you you've exhausted yourself and you get to enjoy like a really nice meal afterwards um and i i look forward to that you know i look i look forward to eating that meal and and that you know that's you know a lot of us don't like to admit it but we do we do sometimes think about the fact that we're, we're going to train so that we can sort of you know, eat a good amount of food, you know, we're creating a caloric burn through our training. So we get to eat more as a result. Um, we're not trying to get into this habit, like we talked about of earning our food, but in a sense, we're, we're creating an environment where we can eat more. Um, mm. And that that for most of us is, is a fun thing, because we've got good appetites. 
Um, but when the appetite diminishes, it's not that fun, as as Callum can, I think, attest. I think he went through a, f- a good few stages of not liking food very much. Bless him. <laughs> it's, on a, it's on a ridiculous amount of carbohydrate. Um, but yeah, I think I think we've covered a, a lot of good things here. Um, Definitely, what, yeah. What sort of time are we on? Oh, we're good. We're, we're good on time. We're about fifty minutes, so we'll we'll wrap up here if that's okay with you. Yeah, absolutely, um, absolutely. Cool. Is there anything that you wanted to sort of leave the listeners with this week in terms of like or anything that's going on with you, like over the next coming days, or I I I, I know that you're keeping something a secret because I saw it in your story about you entering something else, but. Um, ah, yeah, well, um, I'm gonna keep. I'm still gonna keep that a secret for we'll, now. We'll discuss that at some point. I'm we'll sure, discuss. But... Yeah, we'll discuss it. It's, that's... And, and that, that's a secret between me and you for now. Okay, cool, awesome. Um, <clears throat> so yeah, and then for from my perspective, I've got nothing else to say really apart from just yeah, guys, keeping keep enjoying your weeks and keep sending across questions. And um, the photo. Remember to post the photo screenshot. Yeah, should we do that now? Yeah. Okay. okay ready, three, guys. Three, two, two one. one. It's like my favourite bit of the podcast. <laughs> yeah, no, it's good. We can never forget that. So, no. yeah, make sure you post up uh, that you're listening, guys. And uh, if you're on Instagram or anything like that, whack it on your story, tag us in it. Uh, any questions for next podcast, whack them in the comment section on YouTube or shoot us a DM on Instagram. Uh, give, a, give the podcast a like. Make sure you're subscribing on iTunes. And, uh, yeah, guys, we'll, uh, we'll catch up in the next episode. And um, we'll speak then. All right, cool. Cool beans. Lots of love. Bye.